Hey, how's life? This is Minister Joanne Williams from Grace on Display Ministries. Welcome to the Art of Successful Living. Learn how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, and I truly hope that you are rejoicing as well. So excited to start this new topic, the attitude of Christ. Have you ever heard people say, I don't like her attitude, or his attitude really sucks? Let me bring it a little closer to home. What if you were told that next Sunday in church, there's going to be a clip for all to see and hear every thought you had for the last seven days? What would that reveal about your attitude? Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, King James Version reads, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, let me read it from a different translation, one a little more modern. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. This time, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It reads, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. I think this translation puts it a little more in perspective. Having the same attitude as Christ. As believers, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, we have the mind of Christ. At spiritual birth, we are given the mind of Christ. But then, as new believers with this new mind, we still have to contend with established habits, the culture in which we live, and the work of Satan. Boy, that's a lot right there. Three biggies. Established habits, the culture in which we live, and the work of Satan. To begin with, the Bible uses the word heart and mind interchangeably. Let me give you two examples. In the Old Testament, the scripture says, apply your heart to discipline. Proverbs 23, 12. In the New Testament, Jesus said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? Matthew chapter 9 verse 4. Today, we would just say mind in place of the word heart. Your heart is an organ which pumps blood and thank God for that. Your mind does the thinking. So we could say these scriptures this way. Apply your mind to discipline. Why are you thinking evil in your minds? The mind has always been more important to God than our outward actions. Remember what God said in 1 Samuel chapter 16? Let me read it. Finally, the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. Now fill your horn with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be 
my new king. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Saul was the present king. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed him. In other words, God said, go have a barbecue. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the leaders of the town became afraid. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't make the decisions the way you do. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at a person's thoughts and intentions. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shema. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, replied Jesse, but he's out in the field, fields watching the sheep. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was ruddy and handsome with pleasant eyes. And the Lord said, This is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the olive oil he had brought and poured it on David's head. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. So let me put all this in perspective. The occasion was the anointing of David to be king after God's own heart. When God's own heart, mind, had rejected Saul for his cowardly disobedience. And we find that in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Samuel, though, as a spiritual man, like anybody else, was guilty of looking at the appearance of David's older brothers to see who might have a kingly presence. Tall, handsome, stern, well-built. But God had rejected all of them in favor of the youngest. David was not even good enough to be considered by his father to have been invited in from the fields. After his rejection of all David's brothers, God reveals the difference between himself and the world when it comes to judging people. Man looks at appearance. This is why human beings spend so much time, energy, and money 
to look like a person of status. This is why we are constantly deceived by appearances. Satan was the most beautiful of all created angelic beings, but his heart was ugly. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, it's ugly. Mm-mm, it's ugly. His heart or mind is ugly. In Isaiah chapter 53, verses 2 through 3, it reads, He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. This was what was said of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, though Samuel was a prophet and this, he was a wise and discerning prophet, he was still in danger of making the same mistake like the rest of us by judging a person by appearance. Appearances say nothing about character. The Old Testament places little emphasis on our becoming like God, while the New Testament reiterates time and time again to imitate Christ. The Old Testament emphasized the difference between God and man. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55 verses 8 through 9. The idea was that God molds us and shapes us from the outside. We are the clay and God is the potter and all of us are the work of his hands. That's found in Isaiah uh, chapter 64 verse 8. Now the New Testament makes a radical shift and emphasizes putting on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. Specifically, we are now to be like Jesus, who was God made human. He became like us so that we might become like him. Philippians 2.5, New Living Translation. You and I must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Check your attitude. The definition of the word check. Check means to examine in order to determine the quality or condition of, or the accuracy, or to detect the presence of something. Found that on Google search. <laughs> According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the word attitude means an internal position or feeling with regard to something else. We can use synonyms, which are other words for the word attitude and those words are disposition, feeling, mood, opinion, sentiment, 
temper, tone, perspective, frame of mind, outlook, view, or morale. You know, I read this article the other day by Dale Robbins. Did you know that airplane pilots use attitude to describe their horizontal relationship with the runway? Then they land. If their attitude isn't aligned properly, the plane will make contact with the ground at the wrong angle and it will cause them to crash. My, my, my. In essence, your attitude is your inward disposition toward other things, such as people or circumstances. Just like an airplane, attitude is applied whenever you must deal with something or someone other than yourself. So what is your horizontal relationship with others? Think about this. If you have to wait in a long line uh, at the store, you know, you're frustrated because you got to find a parking spot. And man, the traffic in Los Angeles is ridiculous. But is your attitude properly aligned? Will you crash and burn, get all bent out of sorts? highly frustrated and mad and going off at the drop of a dime, ready to kill somebody over a parking spot? According to God's word, when you become a Christian, a part of your new creation is the development of new attitudes. Your attitude should become like that of Jesus. The Bible says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Remember when Jesus at the Last Supper got down and and took a towel and washed the disciples' feet? Look at that humble attitude. We were taught with regard to our former way of life to put off the old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Then we're told to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Well, that's all for now. See you next week as we dive deeper into our series. I'm going to be teaching on check yourself before you wreck yourself. The second part of the series, The Attitude of Christ. The goal of this podcast is to influence Christian followers to lead successful or more successful Christian lives as they reflect on the love of God and the word of God. You know, it's one thing to say we love Jesus and we're going to follow him, but it's another thing to get up and do it. The question is, How can we do it well? The second goal of this podcast is to develop a deeper interest in and understanding of the Bible. Third, to encourage believers in Christ to not accept mediocrity. To encourage believers in Christ not to accept mediocrity, but instead to strive 
to reach their fullest potential in Christ. If you are looking for the power to endure challenges of the Christian life, live through temptations in our culture, and gain insight and wisdom for decision-making and deepen your walk with God, join us every week and listen to this podcast. Do yourself a favor and subscribe now.